I scream, you scream, we all scream for etiquette. Itch manners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. I'm there. Oh? I'm here. I'm everywhere. (laughs) Hey, last night our kids took turns waking us up. It's totally fine. Everything's cool. We're doing great, and we're feeling great, and we're so happy to be here. Teresa, can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. Now that I've got you on microphone in front of millions and millions of people. Oh, boy. I have millions and millions, millions, millions of millions. In fact, I'd say I need you to be honest with me. Okay. Do you love ice cream as much as I think you do? Yes. Oh, okay. I was worried because I will often return from grocery shopping with up to five or six pints of different kinds of ice cream for you. And I can never tell, like, am I overdoing it? Um, The answer is both yes and no. Okay. Uh, because if I ate as much ice cream as I want to eat, it I would be very unhealthy. I see. That would be too much ice cream for any one person. Um, but you uh, you you do sometimes overdo it in the way of you and I like different ice creams. This is true. This this is going to be my next question uh, for you. Yes, because I like ice cream with bits in it. Mm-hmm. I like ice cream that feels like a journey. You want to chew your ice cream? Well, not all of it. <laughs> well, I am I am a let it melt and then eat it person. Oh, right. Yeah, so right. I'm not a fan of the cone in general. I prefer it in a bowl. And I don't okay. Not melt into soup so you can no, drink yes, it. You like it softened. softened. This is a thing about me that's one just one of my many delightful idiosyncrasies is that I don't like food to be too hot or too cold. You don't like the extremes of food. You're no, a correct. food a, a moderate food connoisseur. So I will like and I'm not talking about like spikes or whatever. I'm talking about like I will make food, right? Fresh food, and then let it cool off before I eat it. I don't like it. I want to be able to taste it. And I find that if food is too hot or too cold, you are experiencing the temperature rather than the flavor. Okay. Yeah. And that's just not, that's not for me. Um, so when you have the ice cream with the bits, yes. that's that's more flavor for it's you. It's just more texture. It gives me more. I like to, much like a steak, I like to let my ice cream rest. <laughs> um, but, but you, I, yes. Yes. Uh, jinx. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> Great mind. Um. I like a very smooth, very rich, one-note ice cream. Because you enjoy just like a dark chocolate ice cream, Yes, I want smooth, delicious, dark, almost bitter. So it's so dark chocolate ice cream. See, I like... Okay, let me say this. First and foremost, I love chocolate ice cream. This is not me saying that it's not my favorite. But... Give me like a strawberry cheesecake ice cream with little cheesecake bits in it. Oh, I'll be a happy boy. Mm. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what I really like, and this is a good compromise for Teresa and I that we found over the years, is like dark chocolate ice cream with like ribbons of peanut butter going through it. Right. Right. So then we get the chunks and the smooth cream. It's great. Hey, listen, we've spent now about three and a half minutes. <laughs> listen, I could, I 
could talk about ice cream for hours. Would you say, is it your favorite dessert? It is my favorite dessert. Okay. Mine is still cheesecake. I want ice cream cakes for my birthdays. This is true. I do. I also love ice cream cake, but I think it's because, well, I like the ice cream part, but the frosting, where it's that kind of like, oh, yeah, kind of like very firm. Anyways, hey, listen. (laughs) Okay. We could do a whole episode on Carvel and ice cream cakes, by the way. Wait a minute. What's the etiquette of that? Oh, dang. We'll have to work on it. (laughs) Dang, you're right. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So That's, welcome to our second podcast. I like ice cream. I like ice cream. Ice cream <laughs> with Travis and Teresa. Um, it, we'll call it you scream. Okay. <gasps> we scream. We scream. Oh, we scream's good, but that does kind of sound like a podcast about horror movies. Okay, so let's talk about ice cream. Now, here's the thing. We're talking about ice cream and ice cream socials. Yes. Which I'm sure we will get to more about the ice cream socials. But before then, just with ice cream, is there like ice cream etiquette? Is that ice cream? Tell me about ice. Why is? Why are we talking about ice cream? Okay. Well, it's not. It's not about etiquette per se. It's about the culture okay. around ice cream, okay. which is etiquette. Etiquette is culture. Yes. Culture is etiquette. Sure. Anyway. But first, okay. I, I now I have a question for you. Oh boy. Um. I'm going to let you know that it's a trick question already. Oh, okay. Well, that's not much of a trick. Well, I know, but I don't like to be mean this way. Okay. I'm going to tell you some histories of ice cream. Uh Uh-huh. And at the end, you're going to tell me which one is true. Okay. Well, now that you told me it's a trick question, my bet is none of them or all of them. Go on. Okay. 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 So, here's the first one. Uh, People think that ice cream started in ancient Persia like 2,500 years ago, right? Wow, okay. It was probably more like sweetened water, like sweetened, like like more of a, like an Italian ice. Gotcha. uh, Okay, but Persian ice. Persian ice, you're right. So um, it wasn't super creamy, although they did sometimes put cream on top of it. Okay, Uh uh-huh. Next, We've got the Greek and Roman empires. Ooh, hard right? not to bet on them. They usually did a lot of that weird stuff. Okay, go on. Um, which was more like ice cream and was able to be carried out by the Romans because they had the labor to go and get the ice to make it. Uh-huh. Right? Um, and then the next one is Italy, Renaissance Italy. Okay. Um, and by... by kind of vicariousness, uh, Catherine de Medici, okay, who introduced it to France in the 13th century. Okay. And the last one is the ancient Chinese. Okay. Um, we have records of Marco Polo going to China. Uh-huh. We know this, right? In, again, the 13th century. Um, and he saw ice creams being made there. Um, and they, the, the folklore continues that probably about, uh, 200 BCE is when they first started cultivating ice cream from a milk rice dessert flavored with camphor. Do you know what camphor is? Is, is that like menthol-y? It's menthol meets pine tree. Oh, okay. So... Here's the thing. Even though you told me it's a trick question, now what I can't decide is like it's all of these or it's none of these. I'm gonna go with it's all of these, 
Is it like one of those things, much like kind of like pasta, where it's like everybody kind of had their own version of it? It's all of them and none of them. Okay, now wait. Because... So it was more of, hold on. <laughs> so you even lied to me. You said it was a trick question, but it was even more of a trick than it's that. It's so tricky because okay. there is no historical evidence to support any of these claims. The Persians, the Romans, the Greeks, um, the Italians in the Renaissance, aided by Catherine de' Medici, the ancient Chinese, these desserts, none of them are exactly ice cream as we know it. There's yeah. some sort of frozen sweet dessert. But none of these stories appear in print until the late 19th century. Okay. Probably um, on like advertisements for ice cream. Wow. Okay. So it's possible. So, okay. One of two things is true then. Either it was handed to us by the gods, <laughs> or two, <laughs> it was like all of these things. It was like somebody invented it in like the 1800s and then was like, but I invented it. D- evolved it based off of all yes. these other things and then said, ah, yes, ice cream as it has been for hundreds and hundreds of years. Because each story contains a kernel of truth, right? So the Romans probably did mix snow and ice with various flavorings. Again, that's not quite ice cream. No, it's more like a snow cone. More like a snow cone. And then most... Which, by the way, did you have the the peanuts, the like Snoopy's doghouse thing where you can make snow cones growing up? No. Oh, it fell into that category of wonderful Sorry, mystical. I didn't mean to have such disdain, but... You were sad that you didn't. I think, yes. Yes. It was one of those toys where it was like, uh, in theory, wonderful and magical, but in practice, I don't think I ever got it to work right. That and my Darkwing Duck uh, smoke pellet gun or whatever that you're supposed to put vegetable oil in and then it would shoot out smoke. Never got that to work and it just kind of smelled like fries. Oh, that's okay. I like the smell of fries. So, anyways, you were anyways, um, and like the next story, most uh, historians do agree that uh, Marco Polo visited China, and they uh, were probably the first people to invent an iced dairy-like product, uh-huh. right? Um, and then also, uh, if <sighs> he didn't write about it, Marco Polo, yeah. He probably saw it because they had it. He probably did. Hey. But, he, but it wasn't like a focus yeah. and he didn't write about he it. He didn't like come home and be like, everybody got it. Like, check this out. I wrote it down. The recipe. I got it. It's right here. Let's frame it. Exactly. Um, also, uh, Catherine de Medici did marry the future king of France. Uh, and there is evidence that the Italians had... Um, Worked out how to artificially refrigerate things. Italian ice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Before, almost a century, over a century, excuse me, over a century before they had any kind of like French pot ice cream. So basically, probably Catherine rolled up and was like, hey, uh, I'm so happy to be married to you or whatever. Where can I get some frozen stuff? And they're like, wait, what? Frozen mm-hmm. stuff? And she was like, let me show you. And then she built a refrigerator for him, like in Back to the Future 3. Right. That's probably exactly what happened. Probably. Okay. So the origins, right? We've got those. Let's sort of. Uh, sort of. Yeah. Let's talk about then what we 
know that we know. Okay. Okay. Yes, let's get to what we know that we know. We know that we know. All right. 1671, King Charles II. Oh, okay. Has a um, has a banquet, and we know this because they wrote down the menu, which consisted of uh, cheeseburgers. No, okay. uh, many dishes. One of which is labeled one plate of iced cream. <gasps> okay, that sounds like ice cream. Exactly, it does sound like ice cream. Um, so. There we go. That's kind of its royal debut uh-huh. uh, in in you know written history, and then it starts appearing in English cookbooks in the 18th century, uh, starting in 1718. There is an edition of Miss Mary Eel's Receipts, which is the old timey word for recipes. Yeah, I put that together. Okay. Uh, she was the royal confectioner to Queen Anne, um, and it called for um, ice and fruit, and I have to assume cream. Yeah. Yes, um, but no eggs, so not like a super rich mix. Um, yeah, it's probably just like frozen milk, that like really right. cold. Okay. Um, and then by the middle of this century, they started adding the eggs to it to make it like a super creamy, like luscious, delicious. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like a frozen custard. Right. That closer resembles modern ice cream. Gotcha. This iced cream of which we speak. Yes. Um, so that's kind of like the European deal, right? Uh-huh. Um. But then we get it uh, a little later that century in the colonies uh-huh. of the United States. Across the pond. Exactly. As I, uh, does anybody actually say that? Or is that just a thing now that people say as people say? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Listen, it's not important. Maybe someday we'll do that where we'll have, you know, a British person on and be like, do people really say like lift and across the pond and cheerio? We'll figure that out. We'll figure it out. Um, Americans often credit Martha Washington with uh, the ice cream recipe. Um, that can't be real, though, right? That sounds like a thing that's too good to be true. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. Washington did love ice cream. Uh-huh. And so I'm certain that Martha made it. That right? she had a recipe. She for had it, yeah. a recipe, and we have a uh, a ledger for the bookkeeping of um, of his estate, and we do see that in one year he spent over two hundred American dollars, U.S. American dollars in uh, in the seventeen hundreds on ice cream stuff. I bet that that is a lot of money now. Let's see. Um. And the story goes that George Washington learned of ice cream through newborn Berkeley, the royal governor of the colony of Virginia, who served it at a dinner he attended. Um, He then purchased a 300-piece set for making and serving ice cream. Um, But it was, like, super labor-intensive at this point, right? Uh, $100 in 1776 would be about $3,000 now. So he spent about $3,000 on ice cream? No, he spent about 
6000 because it was like $200. Oh, what? Yeah, he spent like $6,000 on ice cream. Whoa. You gotta really like ice cream to make that much. That fool loves ice cream. So, like, if there's one thing you take away from this episode is that George Washington loved that frozen stuff. Um, so then it quickly spread around uh, the higher up echelon of of people. You know, the Madisons, Thomas Jefferson had his own recipe. Oh, the names you knew. Exactly. Yeah, the names you know. Um, and it was served very prominently at Madison's inaugural ball in 1813. Oh, really? Really, really. Kind of like an ice cream social. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, this is a fun little tidbit. She served oyster-flavored ice cream. Oh, oh. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, so what I found here's the thing: the reason I say that, right? I love oysters, right? And I am not do against. Do you like oyster flavored ice cream? I don't I mean, like that's... the idea of saying oyster flavor is nothing to me, right? Because I understand that oysters do have a flavor, right? But like most of the oyster flavor I enjoy is like with a little, you know, vinegar or like a little horseradish or a little. Well, what about think about chowder, right? Uh-huh. It's got other stuff in it, though. It's not yeah. just like oyster and water. I'm saying, what does oyster flavor mean? Well, I think about, I think about, is it New England style chowder that's very creamy? Yeah, I don't know. I think so, and that's what I think about. Kind of like frozen, cold clam chowder soup. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Which doesn't sound like. Awesome, but it doesn't sound super bad. I'm not against the idea of a savory ice cream. Because nowadays, gelato has flavors like Parmesan, yeah, sea salt, mm. things like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we can do a savory gelato. Sure. I've had those before. Give me a ketchup gelato. I've never had a ketchup gelato. You would, you would eat it, though. You would try it, at least. The two things you love the most, ice cream <laughs> and ketchup. Okay. So um, here comes like the real movement of ice cream. Okay. 1843, the U.S. Patent Office issued patent 3254 Ah. to a Mrs. Johnson who developed the the machine for one to make ice cream at home. Okay. Now you could always make ice cream at home because really only you need like two bowls and a spoon. And patience. (laughs) Right, and patience. But this is the one, like, it has a tub. That's like the bucket with the handle on top, right, that you turn to, mm-hmm. to no, that's, turn it? that's the cylinder, right? Okay. So there's a cylinder with a handle and a tub that fits o- over the cylinder, or, you know, when you put the cylinder inside the tub where you put the ice and the salt, right? Okay. Um, it's a close-fitting lid with a removable dasher, which is the, uh, the stirry thing in the gotcha. middle, kind of uh-huh. like a whisk. Um, and so everyone had, instead of this, uh, it was a labor saving device. That's what I want to use. Yes. It was a labor saving device. Much like, like a clothes washer, right? It sure. wasn't like people weren't washing their clothes before that. It was like, now we're just going to speed it up a little bit. Right. Um, 
so that's when it starts being really mass produced um, because people are, we've got refrigeration techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, ice is readily available because you can refrigerate your own water for ice um, or freeze your own water for ice. Yeah. And we're making machines to make it easier so that we can make it in mass quantities and it doesn't take forever in a day. Um, so what we've got now is a rapid expansion of the way that we make it. And it's it's got to become more commonplace at this point, right? Where instead of like spe- just for special occasions, it would be like ice cream is becoming a thing I'm used to having. Exactly. Right? Yes. Um, so I'm going to throw a lot of dates out at you real quick. Go for it. Do it. And I'm ready. I'm gonna I've got be, my, I've I'm got my glove done on. done with history. I'm ready to catch. Go for it. And then we can talk about ice cream socials. Right. The next phase starts with Prohibition in 1920. And I can, listen, I can already guess, based off of that, take booze away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I guess I'll go to the ice cream parlor Instead of the VAR. Yes, this is when ice cream parlors started popping up everywhere. And even people, companies that used to make beer are now making ice cream. Yingling and Anheuser-Busch turned to ice cream uh, in the same way that Paps Blue Ribbon made cheese and Coors expanded its pottery business. You got to make something, right? Okay. Um, So then between 1916 and 1925, ice cream consumption in the U.S., Increased by 55%. Wow. Uh, whereas the population only increased by 15%. That's so that huge. Is, uh, not a lot more people eating a lot more ice cream. And by 1922, there were over 10, uh, no, sorry, 100,000 soda fountains in the United States, reaching an annual uh, income of about $1 billion. That's with a B, billion dollars. Yeah, that's in the 20s. And the not now 20s. Right. And ice cream was the most popular dish that was sold. Man, you know, soda fountains need to come back. Am I right? They are. They are coming back? They're here. I called it. Um. So then uh, in 1920 was when the ice cream bar, later known as the Eskimo pie, uh, was invented by Christian Nelson. I wish they would change that name. Yeah. Because that's, you know, it needs better. Yeah. Uh, but That is not an okay term. Okay, it's not on. an okay term. Um, and then it was improved by Harry Burt in 1923, who put a stick inside the ice cream bar. There you go. Uh, duh, Brilliant. right? Then in 1924, um, there was the popsicle introduced which is not ice cream but very close and really awesome it's adjacent especially for those lactose intolerant among us the drumstick your personal favorite favorite. because it's contained you know what i like i like that the coating last mess doesn't drip down the sign was invented in 1928 um and i also think we can all agree the best part of the drumstick is that like buried chocolate like thing that hunk of nugget. chocolate in the bottom of the cone, the chocolate nug that keeps it from dripping out the bottom, and it's, it's also just a delicious chunk of chocolate in the bottom. Love it. I've seen on Pinterest that you can put a marshmallow in the bottom of a cone to That's do the, not same the same thing. I don't want that. I want a hunk of chocolate. <laughs> I want a well earned 
treasure at the bottom of my coat. I had to eat But I'm talking all about the cone. drips. I'm talking about the drips to catch any kind of drip going through the gum. Okay. But you know what else you can do? Have a hunk of chocolate. <laughs> That's my reward for eating all that ice cream. All right. Um, so that brings us to World War II, which is where we normally see the big shift. Yeah. Where um, because of rationing and because it was considered a health food at the time, oh. ice cream was now being produced by the armed forces for the front lines. Um, the U.S. Navy even had an ice cream barge, which could produce 10 gallons every seven minutes. Whoa. Um, and... Uh, they were you, putting okay. it in rations. They Listen. were like, let's keep our, our forces fighting fit. It is a good source of uh, calories and of calcium. So here's the thing. I'd like to think it was staffed by enlisted people. So that like you could come home and they'd be like, where were you stationed? And be like, ah. Oh. I was on the ice cream barge. Maybe. That would be so cool. That would Man. Be cool. Okay. I need now I need to just research the ice cream barge because that sounds <laughs> like a fun job to now, have. Now yeah. Americans eat about twenty-two pounds of ice cream a year. Wow. And that I assume that's on average, because there's probably average. people like us who eat fifty pounds. <laughs> so let me ask you this. And we're we're gonna go to uh our our sponsors here in a minute. What What then makes I'm going to sit with you and you eat some ice cream and I eat some ice cream. What makes that different from an ice cream social? An ice cream social originated as a fundraising activity. Okay. And an ice cream social right is like I have put out different toppings, different kinds of ice cream, and you're going to like make your own sundae? Sure, you can do that. Okay. Okay, so like... Well, okay, so here's the thing, right? It's an ice cream social because a social uh, environment puts it on, like a church uh or a school or um, even like a a ladies' club, a gardening club. They often have some. Um, Book clubs can have them. Libraries. Like, I mean, it's, it's more about we are getting together to raise some money Let's give people ice cream. That'll bring them in. Oh, so it's like a pancake breakfast. Yeah, it's exactly the like spaghetti this... dinner. Yeah, all an of those things. Social. An ice cream social. Okay. Uh, let's uh, send some thank you notes to our sponsors. Hi. This week, we would like to send a special thank you note to DoorDash. Listen, DoorDash has something for every lifestyle on the go, no time to waste. Maybe you've got two kids. Maybe one of them is, say, two months old and, you know, a baby. And the other one maybe has the colds and is just not sleeping well and screaming at you all the time. And maybe you're me. And maybe it is this evening. Well, you can order pickup, skip the line, maybe have it delivered to you because, you know, you're just so tired. Uh, you, uh, This is one of my favorite things, the shared order. You send them a link so you don't have to pass your phone around because I think that's weird. Well, DoorDash, it's more than just delivery. Ordering is easy. 
Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. And not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, there are over 310,000 restaurant partners in 4,000 cities. So you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 U.S. states, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code schmanners that's five dollars off your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code schmanners don't forget that's code schmanners for five dollars off your first order with doordash we also want to say thank you to native deodorant native deodorant is formulated without aluminum parabens or talc it's also vegan and never tested on animals it's made with ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil and shea butter and it's designed to keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long and now you can get native toothpaste it's two minty flavors with the option of fluoride or fluoride free that will help keep your mouth squeaky clean I think that they have a, uh, well, they got a coconut and vanilla, and I think it smells absolutely wonderful. Uh, We also enjoy the lavender rose, the cucumber mint. They have unscented, too, if you want. They have lots of options, even seasonal options. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code Schmanners during checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com and promo code Schmanners for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, we have some questions from our beloved listeners. Wonderful. This one, first one is from Honeybee33. How do you organize an ice cream social for adults? I've only seen them for children and seniors, and this is an outrage. <laughs> I threw an ice cream social for Teresa as a birthday party. And I, it's I mean, true. If you, I want to call it that. I do. It was, it was an ice cream party. Well, okay, you call it that. I call it an ice cream social because I, I like suppose I I did uh, receive presents. Yeah. So that was some sort of uh, a fundraiser. Well, I mean, here's <laughs> the thing, right? I think here's how I did. All I did was like there will be booze, right? Which you don't have to have. That is not a requirement. And ice cream and toppings. And I laid out the toppings. Make yourself a sundae, right? And we'll eat it. Now, that said, if you want to make it specifically for adults, there are some really good, like, boozy milkshakes you can make. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like... I've even seen wine-flavored ice creams. Yeah. Especially if you can find, like, a sorbet. I bet there's really good, like, yeah. wine sorbet. But mm-hmm. it doesn't have to have alcohol to be for adults. You can just say, like, hey, adults... Come over and eat some ice cream. I think the reason it's more common to see it for kids and adults and for seniors is if you're looking at that fundraising aspect of it, giving parents something to bring their kids to mm-hmm. is something every parent's looking for. So, like, come here and spend money so your kids have something fun to do today is a great way to make money. And the same with seniors. You know, it's a, a commonly known fact that seniors are often looking for something to do um, to get them out of the house if they're retired. You know, like, let's do some activities now that we have free time. Exactly. Right? It's a good opportunity to offer that. So if you want to throw an ice cream party, um, there are some some tips that I've I found on the, the Martha Stewart, Martha Living uh, site. Living Martha, yes. <laughs> Um, and a lot of it focuses on having all the right tools, right? Um, so make sure that you have some sort of vessel to serve it out of. Yes. Bowls, Sunday uh, cups, 
um, even if you just get a variety of different cones. And don't, hey, listen, this is Travis. Just uh, don't do styrofoam. Don't do styrofoam. Get uh, one. They're like bowls you can get that are like edible bowls. Do that. Or they're just like compostable. Uh, you know, biodegradable things, just or reusable, or reusable. There you go. Uh, same with spoons, that kind of thing. And let me also give you this piece of advice: multiple scoops, especially if there are people with allergies uh, mm-hmm. and and sensitivities, which will be our next question. You don't want to cross contaminate. Yes, you should have a scoop for every flavor. Um, and uh, you also need all of the like kind of toppings separated out with. The, they're also like spoon scoopy yes. things not, not for by each hand. of the things. Don't do it by yes. hand. That's don't a good don't allow choice. anyone to, to, to touch the toppings. Uh, this question is from AJ. With so many people having different allergies and sensitivities, how can you be sure to offer a variety without breaking the bank? Is it okay to ask guests to provide a topping or ice cream alternative? Um, I think that a topping is Welcome a- to the show, baby <laughs> Asking guests to provide a topping. Oh. One moment. Okay, you were saying? I was saying. I think that asking uh, asking people to bring a topping is a great idea to share the load, to get new ideas for new toppings. Um, but if you have... If you know someone that you've invited has a sensitivity or an allergy, I think providing one ice cream that they can partake in is a good idea. I agree. Because other than that, you're basically saying, come make a Sunday at my house with your stuff. Yeah, I think... Here's what I would do. Um, I would probably pick like three ice creams. One that is like dairy-free option, right? I I would say depending on the number of people, right? If I'm having 10 friends over and one of them uh, is lactose intolerant, not able to do dairy for any reason, I would probably just get like a pint for them instead of like a whole gallon or something. The thing is, so many of these new dairy-free ice creams or other allergen-free ice creams are so good are anyway. So good. I guarantee that more than one person is going to eat that special yes. ice cream. But I would say, I would send in the invite, here is what I will be providing, and this is the option I will have for that. If there's anything else you would like, please feel free to bring it, right? Sure. So that way, you also don't end up with like, I brought a gallon of vanilla too. Like, man, that's unnecessary. Right. I would Always contact your host if you're bringing something that isn't Excuse me. Explicitly mentioned. Um, this is from uh, Classic Patrick. How to be polite and request dairy-free or vegan ice cream options for those like me with life-threatening dairy allergies. I think that you can say, like, will there be a non-dairy option available? Or will there be an option without nuts available? Absolutely. Right? And and if they're like, oh, I hadn't planned on it, but I can, then you could say, like, I'm also happy to provide it if it's a problem, right? I don't think you have to, as, as like, say, I would like you to get it, <laughs> right? I think you can say, will, will there be? Because it's possible that they were already planning on doing that. Exactly. And this goes back to one of our... our- often uh, discussed things where it's not impolite to ask for what you want, ask for what you need. Especially if it's an allergy that could kill you. Certainly. Yes. Um, same thing, like I said, when you when we were talking about how to have a party, if you are so, um, if it's so necessary yes. that everything be completely separated, you can even bring your own spoon, own bowl, yep. own scoop, all of that stuff. And just, you know, 
do what you need to do to to enjoy the party. Enjoy because the time. Here's the thing. I love hosting stuff. But if I hosted a party where someone came and wasn't able to participate because of allergies or, uh, you know, whatever, um, I would feel terrible. Exactly. Right? That I hadn't thought about it. So providing your host the opportunity to uh, be a good host and provide for you is is a good thing. It's not being a problem. Yes. Um, this is from Mel. How much ice cream is acceptable to take? Um, I think that you can take one scoop of each flavor offered at first. Unless, I mean, I suppose if there's like seven to eight flavors, that's a little too much. Yeah. I have, I have heard of up to three, four scoops in a bowl. Um, because I think that that's what, what fits nicely without kind of cresting over the top mm-hmm. of most bowls. Um, most scoops are about the same size, I would say, smaller than a fist, oh, right? Yeah. So, um, well, maybe small, a lot smaller than your fist. A lot fist. smaller than my fist, yeah. <laughs> if you get a scoop the size of my, my fist, is probably close to a pint. <laughs> At least smaller than my fist. Even. Um, somewhere between Teresa's fist and baby dot's fist. <laughs> okay, great. A child-sized fist. There you go. Has that. A, a, an eight-year-old's fist. <laughs> Just make sure to bring an eight-year-old with you for comparison. Measure their fist. Hey, come here. Make a fist. Perfect. Great. BB the other day, by the way, said, "What? what's a fist? And I was like, well, you know, when you take a hand and curl it. And only then did I realize, like, that's dumb. It's still a hand. Like, well, I don't know how to explain this. Of like, well, it's a hand when it's like this. And when it's like this, it's not a hand it's, No, it's still a hand. It's just a different shape. I know, but this is... a does, ball shape. What would you call this? Blade. Okay, so when someone's holding your hand like that, like, that's a blade? Yeah. And this is a... Fa- oh, I don't yes. know about all. That's what it's called in dance, right? So you spread your fingers out. That's a jazz hand. You put your fingers together, but straight. That's a blade hand. Okay. And you close your hand. That's a fist. Okay. I'm just saying fist is such a common word to use, and I've never heard anyone but you in this moment say, oh, yeah, make your hand a blade. And it's not a Hey, this is a different episode. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so as long as it doesn't crest and tower above the sides of the bowl, you're good. All right. And... Maybe you just go back for seconds. I like ice cream. I would totally go back for this seconds. Is, I, I think this is a general Once rule. everyone has been served. Yes. The, I mean, it's. It, I think it should be the um, casual buffet, not like professional buffet. You know what I mean? Like a restaurant. But like a, a, the buffet etiquette of don't, oh, don't pile up your plate like you're afraid that it's going to run out. Get some of what you want. Go back for seconds once everyone's been served, right? Right. That way, that benefits you because you haven't overstuffed either your plate or yourself, right? You haven't made it difficult to get back to your seat or whatever or hurt your stomach. And it makes you look more polite and conscientious, right? Yes. Um, Which, going along with that, uh, uh, at a, a gender text, how many toppings is too many toppings? Because I have seen some people where they're there for the topic, get a little oh, scoop yeah. of ice cream. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, that's basically every four-year-old I know is like ice cream is a sprinkle and whipped cream conveyance. <laughs> so um, what I would suggest is whipped cream doesn't count because... Oh, okay. okay. Let me let me say, because you can always have more whipped cream. It counts as, a, it counts as the vehicle as okay. well. Like a bun? Like the whipped cream's the bun, but not yeah. a topping. You wouldn't call bun the topping. Exactly. Okay. I say that every flavor of ice cream deserves Ooh. a syrup 
Okay. Or sauce and a crunchy topping. So if you have three different flavors of ice cream in your bowl, go the banana split route and one gets a strawberry sauce, one gets a caramel sauce, one gets a chocolate sauce. Then you can put sprinkles, nuts, and I don't know, gummy bears on the other one, right? So one topping biz per flavor, mm-hmm. accompanying sauce, and then uh, whipped cream can be topped with a cherry. Now and you I can enjoy have, or your, you know, the fruity thing. I enjoy your very logical, uh, very well metered out answer. I'm going to go a more uh, ethereal, okay. ephemeral answer and say I think it comes down to if there are people waiting behind you. Oh, right, because I think if if I was it's waiting about b- speed, if I was waiting behind someone who was taking like half a teaspoon of every uh, topping offered. Right, it's not about how much they're taking so much as it's just like I would also like all I want is the Oreo crumbles. Could you please if I could just uh right? Like that's the thing. If you're planning to make this masterpiece of topping blend, maybe wait, right? Maybe not <laughs> hold up the whole line. Cuz if if you're talking about like how much can you do, however much you want. If you're talking about how much can you do without people behind you being like, "Oh," then I would say like just be conscientious of if people are waiting behind you. I'm, d- I'm also going to say, if you just want a bowl full of Oreo crumbles, you should probably just get some cookies. No, I'm not <laughs> saying just Oreo. I'm not just going to pick up the bowl of Oreo crumbles. I'm saying that's all I want on my iced cream. Okay. Maybe you should just get some cookies. Okay, but I'm saying... <laughs> that's going to do it first, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Um... First and foremost, let me say, uh, we put out a, a kind of feedback request form for Schmanners. We got Max Fun Drive coming up, and we don't want to rest on our laurels. We want to make sure that Schmanners is the best that it could be. And one of the things uh, that I really would like to encourage all of you to do, please tell your friends. I think this was a really fun episode, uh, and we have some really fun episodes planned. We have at least one uh, episode for the Max Fun Drive plan that I'm really excited about. I cannot believe we haven't covered yet. Um, and, and so if you would tell a friend and say, Hey, I think you would like this episode, that would mean the world to us. And we'd really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, You can share our, um, our podcast on Twitter. We are at Schmanners cast. Um, you can even tweet the link to our show. Uh, and if you, um, would like to fill out that feedback form, uh, we sure would appreciate it. It's bit.ly slash Schmanners feedback. Uh, so if you go there, you it's like a 10, 11 question form. And if you're listening to this, you can skip some of the questions anyway. So it wouldn't <laughs> take too long. Um, let's see. We also want to thank uh, Max Fun. Uh, MaximumFun.org is our podcast home. As we said, the Max Fun Drive is coming up uh, in March. Uh, it's your chance to, one, get some amazing rewards. Uh, two, get some of the best podcasts Max Fun is going to make all year. And three, support the shows you love, like Schmanners, Sawbones, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, all of those. Um, and if you are like, wait, this is the first time hearing about Max Fun, you should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the amazing podcasts there. Uh, let's see. Who else do we thank, Teresa? We always thank Brent Bruntelfloss Black for writing our theme music, which is also available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to uh, Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Again, that's at Schmanners Cast. Uh, so tweet it out and tell a friend. 
Uh, thank you to Bruja Betty Pennant Photography for the cover picture for our fan-run Facebook group, which is a private group, but you can invite others in to join. Um, that's for people who want to uh, get and give excellent advice to other fans. Did you mention our email? I did not. Send your topic suggestions to schmannerscast at Google. What? Wait a second. <laughs> Schmannerscast at gmail.com. Gmail. I said Google instead, and at I was Googlemail. like. Oh. No, but if you said, if you, please, if you have topic <laughs> ideas, let us know, because we love getting them. Uh, and that we, we go through there, and we're working on a kind of running list of topic ideas now. So if you have ideas, uh, email them to us, uh, schmannerscast at gmail.com. Uh, and that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP. Wait, no, you say it. Oh, man. We're so sleepy. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.